What's up? This is Dwight, and this is One Mike. I'm here with a special guest today. Kat, hi. <laughs> How are you? Excellent. Um, Kat and I met on Tinder, and uh, <laughs> it's been interesting because the first time I met her, she was in a situation. It was it was quite the unique situation and everything, and I was at a point in my life to where I felt like um, I could be there somehow, some way, not not any way that would probably um, uh, rectify the situation by any means, but uh, I felt like I could be there for support. Cat has a hard head, and uh, felt like she could do it on <laughs> her own, and uh, we, you know, we 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 were basically two different places in our lives, as far as you know, trying to uh, figure out what purpose we had in each other's lives and what was going on in our lives at that particular time, too. Right. Something wasn't established, it wasn't going to be established because I was just going to be so busy into my work and into myself. And so I think that, you know, it came off a little bit selfish of me to try to see where, what was going to happen. And you had your basket full on trying to take care of your situations. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your perspective? Well, um, you were there when I needed you. Definitely. I needed somebody. And I needed somebody that didn't know me at the time, I think. Um, which but I did know you, it turns out. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does It does turn out that you know me. Because <laughs> I remember I kept saying, but you don't know me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just I needed... That was your defense to everything. It wasn't like if you understood or if I was right or wrong. It yeah. was just like, you don't know, you me. Don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was a difficult time to meet somebody new for sure. Yeah. But I took the leap where I don't normally, um, and it's because I really felt alone in that situation. Yeah. And I was. That, I is was. A, that is a situation in particular. The situation we're talking about is that your roommate that you knew for four years mm-hmm. uh, basically was arrested in a child sex ring. He was. He was. It was shocking. Yeah. Yeah, I was a minute away when he called me and was like, the feds are here. And I went, what? <laughs> 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 I was, and I'm thinking to myself, should I run? Should I stay? What, what's happening? I, I'm not, I haven't done anything. I'm not in any trouble. So just get your ass home. And I pulled up and it was 20 deep of wow. undercover were the lights Homeland going and everything? No, they oh. were all in their own cars. There was Whoa. no police cars. Oh wow! Um, it was Homeland Security and the federal, the feds. It was not any Springfield police or anything like that. So, so. this was like bigger than. This was big time. Yeah, this was yeah. 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 Um, when I got there, they they pulled me out of the car and they're like, "Honey, we're not here for you." Right. And it was a big relief. Yeah. But um, how did they know that you weren't part of it? They had been following us for two months. Two months? Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, is this something that we can talk about because yeah. the court is still... Um, it's definitely something we can talk about because oh. it's just my... It's, you know, yeah, there's no... Your situation. Yeah. You, are, so there's you, no secrets here. So you don't have to... You, you're not You're not going to be a witness or anything? Not that I'm aware of, no. Wow. Mm-mm. Wow. Um, they, they seem to have... Well, they thought they had a, a shut and you know, closed case, but... Yeah. Things are coming out more and more now that I think the charges are getting lessened to coercion mm. rather than sex trafficking of a minor. So mm-hmm. I think max seven years on that charge, but we're, we're st- it's still developing, you know. Well, okay, so this is kind of a broad question, but what is it like to have someone like that under your roof? You know, what are some of the red flags that you look out for in, in that type of situation? you known him for how long? Um, four years. What did was there any significant change when this started? I mean, no, he actually was the same person when I was met he him. Was doing this before? Um, this situation is only one instance that we know of. Right. But um, let's just face it. I, I, from what I've learned, I don't think that this is something that just starts overnight. No, no, absolutely not. Right. You know, it's uh, not to sit here and say that that I can understand, but you know, as a sex addict. Um, I did push things to the limit. And he was. He was a sex addict, yeah. definitely. That came out in, in many ways. He had like 10 girlfriends around town besides me. <laughs> yeah. He had very good time management skills. Yes. Extremely. He should have utilized those for better better use. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I definitely understand and I definitely under- agree. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you do live, live that kind of lifestyle, 
because that's what it is. It's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you you learn to adapt. Um, I know that uh, early on, earlier on this year and last year, uh, at the moment, at that moment, I had you know several women that I was involved with, and uh, it wasn't like I was trying to hide anything. It was just like this woman was for that purpose right. between this certain amount of time. That woman was for the, the other purpose. Exactly. And um, I think you even brought it up because you were saying, you know, um, you know, you were like his anchor. Right. So so you were like home base while he went out there and played the field. And um, I was where he kept all his his life at because he knew he could trust me and everybody else was in his lifestyle. They were the mm -hmm. the women of his lifestyle, the luxuries, the accessories. Right. So, so how does that make you feel? Um, it made me feel horrible. It made me feel not wanted. But once I understood better um, that it wasn't me, mm -hmm. um, it was easier, a lot easier. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I realized that very quickly, though. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Um, and now, talking to all those women helped. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, for a minute there, you actually started taking on a little bit more and doing a little bit of investigating yourself. Oh, I turned into, like, yeah. <laughs> a detective. And I tried to tell you that you're opening up something you're not closing. Right. You know, you, you're like, I'm trying to get closure, and it's like... I did. I came full circle, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Eventually. Yeah. But you saw, the, you saw the slippery slope? I did. Oh, definitely. And when, I'm glad you pointed that out, to when, be honest. When, what, what is it that made you say, hey, you know, I can't, you know, go down? Because, I mean, basically, this goes... I mean, I don't know for sure, but I would imagine that this goes back to his childhood. It does. You know? His, I mean... His mom was 13 when she had him. Wow. See? And, and he has a two-year-old older brother, so let that sink in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. Child raising a child. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when you think about, you know, a mother's love um, and what you know, especially as a as a boy, you know, and that's your first female encounter and she's only 13 years older than you. Mm -hmm. I mean. It's deep. Yeah. And I'm once again, I'm not trying to justify it. My thing is I have an understanding of it. Absolutely, you know? and there there is reasons why um, people are the way they are. I don't believe that most people are just born evil or born bad. Yeah. I, I do believe that uh, you know it's the way that they interpret life and the way that they what they do with their challenges. Um, and and when you're that young, um, he was very narcissistic. He's actually been diagnosed as mm -hmm. a narcissistic sociopath. Yeah. So that happens within the first seven years of life. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You moved on. Yeah. Um, We've gotten together a couple of times. Yes. Uh, with another sex addict. <laughs> How's that working out for you? Well, <laughs> actually, you're amazing. And um, I, I think it's because you're on the journey of, of healing also yeah. that yeah. makes it di completely different. We all are on a journey of, of recovery in some form or another. So um, that's all that matters. Yes. I Wow, that's a good statement. I mean, as long as you're, you know, it's, a, it's about improving. And even though you don't know me, where I was at this point last year uh, has has grown leaps and bounds. Uh, what else has gone on in your life for 2020 that's made such a... Impact? Yeah. Oh, wow. I've lost um, some friends through the events, but um, you realize who your friends are, and you realize what the definition of a friend is. You lost your friends. You lost uh, through, through this situation this situation yeah what happened i mean they just said you know did they did they associate you with it um they didn't because they knew me and they knew what i've been going through but um in anger they said things that um were just hurtful right. about the event and right. and that and that's something i just don't have time for at my age yeah. um i don't have time for people who who um aren't kind and aren't uh and, and I, I just, again, um, the universe kind of just ushered them out. And, and I didn't argue. I didn't fight it. Yeah. Um, and that's another lesson that I learned this year is just go with the flow. Don't put up a struggle because things are happening for your best interest. The universe is working for your best and higher good. Yeah. You just have to hold on. <laughs> you know what helps me and what helped me through a lot of my situations is the serenity prayer, which is, Absolutely. you know, um, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people 
get confused with some of the wording in that. They confuse uh, acceptance with tolerance. Interesting. Do you know the difference between acceptance and tolerance? Um, I do and I don't. So if I have to think about it. Well, I'm sorry. That, okay. What is your definition of acceptance and tolerance? Okay. So accepting yeah. is completely accepting something for the situation the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and to tolerate something is you're not accepting the situation the way it is. You're just tolerating it for whatever reason. Um, does that make sense? <laughs> Close. Uh, I feel like um, accepting something is saying that this is the this situation, you know, but um, you're, you're recognizing it because to me, the opposite of acceptance is denial. So when you deny something, you're like, this doesn't exist. This guy is not in a sex trafficking ring. Um, this is not, you know, happening to me. These red flags do not exist. Whereas accepting it is like, okay, this is what's happening. What am I going to do about it? Absolutely. Tolerating something is like, okay, it's accepting something, but it's also continuing to accept it. So you tolerate it ongoing. Right. Yeah. Rather than fixing it, you're just right. letting it perpetuate. So, so accepting something is recognizing the situation and to make a plan to do something about it. Which, you know, give me the strength to, you know, accept the things I cannot change, change the things I can. Right. And the wisdom to know the difference. Now, here's the thing. Because, I mean, I prayed about this like like crazy. Give me the wisdom to know the difference. How do you know the difference between when you can change something and when you can't? If it has to do with other people, you probably can't. Bingo. (laughs) That's like my first rule of thumb. I never realized that uh, the only thing that you can change is yourself is what's in your head. Yep. And people have the hardest time changing that. Um, When I talk to people and they're like, you're trying to change me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you're this and that. And there's two things that changes. I feel like when I evolve and when I change the people I know, they have to. Yeah. They have to change because if I'm going to go into a different realm and they don't go with me, I'm not answering back to them because they're answering to who I was in the past or they're calling out to the person in the past. Absolutely. And so I can't answer that. So they have to evolve a little bit, just enough to to call me, you know, or or to to reach me onto that level. Right. So they have to change. Uh, when I told people that I was an addict and of course they said that they're not, well, then they don't think that they have to change. Um, the people that I've engaged with in sexual encounters, they want to know what it's like to have someone to have sex with somebody that's in sexual sobriety. And the thing of it is, is the sex is just the same because they haven't changed. Right. So no matter how much I change, if I engage with them, the sex is just going to be the same. Right. They don't have an understanding like that. Like there's just going to be some kind of electrical enlightening just on my behalf that they can actually ride out and enjoy. That's not fair to me. No, not at all. That's taking my light. Taking uh, your light. This, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, so yeah. So when I change, the people around me has to change. And then the other thing is, is I just talk about people being the same, but they change direction. They do. They do. You know, so you can still be who you are. And, you know, you're still the same person and you're heading in this certain direction. And if that direction is not right, if there's always construction, if the weather's shitty, if the world, if the, if the roads are bad and I tell you, hey, start to turn and you can go back the other way. But on this different road, this smoother road, this road that you were meant to take, you're still the same person. You're just heading in a different direction. And as the road gets smoother and, you know, the roads get easier and the weather changes and it's in your favor, you start shedding that excess baggage that you don't need because you're going through those rough roads and everything. Right. So you actually do change, but you're the same person. You, you, you evolve. It's just kind of like, you know, to reach a goal, you can't be the same person that you were before the goal. That's not the, the whole goal. point of the goal. <laughs> is to be a different person. Yeah. <laughs> and, and setting boundaries is, is something that people don't, don't really like either. Right. You know, that's part of changing is setting those boundaries and people 
people back off or fall off because of that. Right. And the thing about that is, is that boundaries are definitely bendable and adaptable and they go rules because once again, people associate boundaries with rules. Rules are made to be broken. Rules are stiff and rigid. Rules are where you draw your line in the sand. And I think that a lot of uh, values and characters should be rules, but other things in life deserve boundaries. You know, things that are flexible. I think we're supposed to push the boundaries. I think kids push the boundaries all the time. And it's their job to. Right. As much as, you know, you probably upset your mom, she had to respect your 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 curiosity and your courageousness to, to push it push things to the limit. Um, I know personally for my parents, they did not change my energy. They didn't tell me no. They were just like, okay, try this. You know what I mean? Keep going. You know, go as hard as you do, but just do it legally. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You just, know? Yeah, make it, make it legal. <laughs> so that's the thing. It's like I really don't think that I changed uh, as far as personality-wise, but as far as, like, the way that I apply my time and my energy, those things have changed. Absolutely. Yeah. And they have to. My mom used to say, friends, uh, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. Show me your friends. I'll tell you who you are. Yeah. And that's very, very true. Um, the, people, the, the people that are around you. You are the average of your friends. Right. You know, there are your friends that are smarter than you, uh, a little bit more sheltered, and then there's friends who are a little bit more wild, uh, a little bit more who, who do dumb shit. And so I think that's why when I started to change, I started demanding my friends to change and the people around me because I'm like, if I'm the average, I'm raising the bar. There you go. You know? Absolutely. And a lot of people didn't like that. I had some intimate friendships. I mean, people who I had only known for a year and I had expressed transparency and vulnerability with them because I had just gravitated to them so much and I had to let them go. I've had friends that I've known for 20 years that have seen me go to the jail, go to hospital, go to Houston, go to Bermuda, go just, just explore this life and I had to let them go because they kept on trying to call me Dwight the addict, not Dwight the recoverer. And so um, I think that, you know, we all have this journey, and whether it's one year or 20 years, when the journey's over, it's over. Not to sit here and say that, you know, they can't evolve and catch up. Right. You know, I, I don't shut the door, but I definitely don't, you know. Um, Leave it wide open for their energy to get in through. Or for me. Right. You know, to go back. You yeah. know, because I'm not going back. They can come up to me, but I'm not going back. And I'm a big believer about not going back. Yeah. I don't even like to move back to places I've lived before. Yeah. I just... You know, once you're gone, I just want to keep it moving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, however, I have learned, because I was like that too, but I am learning that if I do go back, there's a lesson I need to learn. There, there you is go. something that I have grown and I have forgotten and I have suppressed. And so why am I back here? Why am I back in Springfield? You know, I mean, I moved away and I'm back here. And, you know, of course, now I know it's, it's to meet you. It's to have this podcast. It's to grow with my daughter. And um, it's actually to uh, be a perfect stepping stone for my empire that I build. Heck yeah. So, so, you know, I know a lot of people who are from Springfield in particular, because a lot of people of color who are from Springfield, and they're like, man, fuck this town. I'm out of here. And they go to Kansas City or they go to St. Louis. I'm like, ah, you're still in Missouri. <laughs> you are. And then you still call this place home. And wherever um, you go, there you are. And Yes, exactly. And it's not to sit here and say, and that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't matter if it's 300 miles or 3,000 miles. You know, yeah, wherever you go, there you are. And uh, I just feel like that, you know, if you, wanna, if you want change, then you got to be the change. You Absolutely. Uh, it, it always goes back to you. Now, with that being said, I hold people accountable for their actions and everything. And you know, you got mad defensive, <laughs> mad defensive. Who me? Yeah. Really? Defensive? Oh mm. man! Mm -hmm. Protect this tender ego. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you have to lose with somebody you didn't even know? Nothing. Right. But I did. I did lose things. 
you lost good things. I did. And and the thing of it is, but is, that was what I needed to do. I needed yes. to go through that, obviously. Yes. So. And the funny <laughs> thing is, is that the harder the defense is, the more appreciative the change when it eventually happens. Not to sit here and say that you know. Not to sit here. I guess, I don't know. I mean, to me, the things that fucked up in my life, it's just like, it's just it just makes the lemonade that much sweeter, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really can't sit here and say, whenever I talk about my blessings and stuff, it's easy to sit here and say, oh, I'm blessed that my daughter's healthy. I'm blessed I have a roof over my head. I'm blessed that I got three DWIs. I'm blessed I got a felony. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I am. That's a blessing because if I didn't have a felony, then I would still be filling out applications that have to say, are you convicted of a felony or not? Now to the point where I'm like, shit, man, I can be a CEO without, you know, uh, college education, um, having a felon. Now, the people who work for me, they better not be no felons. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm doing background checks, credit <laughs> checks, you know? No, I'm kidding. It just depends <laughs> on what job I got because I might need some felons. <laughs> you know right. <laughs> Tax breaks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, and so, there's a lot um, of great felons. There is. Mm-hmm. And the system is flawed. And a lot of people get a bum rap for things that, you know, other people, because that's the thing. It's just kind of like there's, there's, I think everybody's a felon. They just haven't been caught. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I like that. Yeah. I really like that. <laughs> I know I am a couple times <laughs> over. So, you know, there we go. Yeah. So, so just because you don't have a rap sheet doesn't make somebody the most moral person in the world, you know? It's just, hey, some of, some of those people were growing too big, and the cops had to shut them down. The government and was like, hey, man, you're getting in, in our, you're getting in our honey. You know, you're dipping your hand in our pot. They're on their journey and just got caught. Yeah, <laughs> and it's for a great reason. Yes. You know, it's for a great reason. I truly believe that. And uh, I think I just realized what the biggest lesson of 2020 was. Oh, it's too late. The show's over. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dwight. This is one mic. <laughs> no, no. What, please, no please, please, please share. Um, the biggest <laughs> lesson was that um, there are no mistakes. There are only lessons. Yeah. That was the biggest lesson. Absolutely. Because um, when you don't look at your life as mistakes, it makes things so much easier. It makes it easy to evaluate what you're doing on a daily basis, situation by situation, and just accept it, change it, and move on without internalizing it as you being bad or a fuck-up or a disaster. Well, just to tweak that just a little bit, um, it is. It, I feel like it's okay to make mistakes. I just redefine what mistake is. I define what it is. Yes. So, to me, the difference between a master... And a novice. You don't want to make the same mistake twice. Is that the master <laughs> has made way more mistakes mm. than the novice. Has even tried. So so that's just the thing. Um, yeah, you don't want to make the same mistake twice, obviously. But mistakes means that you're trying something that you haven't done before. You're taking a chance. Um, True. Now, you may try something you've never done before. Like, you may pick up golf. And the first time you swing, you might hit a hole in one. But is, are you going to hit a hole in one every time? Is that your expectation? If it is, which it is for some people, you know, you can't, you, you're, you're going to be uh, disappointed. But the thing of it is, is that, and I mean, I was just talking about golf earlier. I'm not really a golfer, but I have played the course and I have hit the ball to the right, to the left, anywhere but straight, never made a hole in one. But I feel like when I do achieve that, because of all that I've been through, that hole in one is going to be so much sweeter. Absolutely. And I might become obsessed with golf from that point because that's what I want. That's what I worked so hard for. So for me, a mistake is like saying, hey, you know, make an adjustment here, but keep going. Absolutely. It's just kind of a sign to show that, you know, it's just kind of like, because a mistake is not, you know, saying that you're on the wrong path and that you have no purpose and anything that you do fails. The only time that you fail is when you don't get back up. That's the only time that you fail. Preach. <laughs> so, Preach. so as long as you get back up, man, you make adjustments, you know, and um, and you keep th- it moving. And that's that is the good and the bad thing about addiction because addicts go in cycles in order to achieve that high or that goal, and so you have that persistence. You have that, you have that, um, you use your resources 
uh, you network, you do all the things that it takes to be a successful person, but it's just directed in a, in, I mean, you work all hours of the night, you know? It's working to benefit you rather yes. than fuck you up. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, you have, you have those traits, they're just misguided. So, so that's why I don't have a problem admitting that I'm an addict and I feel f- sorry for the people who, who are addicts and they can't. I do too. You know? I I can say it loud and say it proud. Yeah. Because it's just such a part of who I was and where I am now. And honestly, I don't think drugs are bad. I think that um I don't think a lot of things they're they're just they're just in existence. Uh what makes drugs bad is our intentions under the circumstances. You know what I say? What? Happy people use drugs. They don't abuse drugs. Right. And so usually yeah. it's self-medicating. You know, when people are happier, they don't. Right. They might do something, but not do it to an excess where it's going to injure them yeah. or disrupt their life and make become unmanageable. That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, of course, a little bit more technical, but yeah, that's exactly <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. So you know, you take a circumstance uh, where you know something bad happens to your life and you use drugs to cheer yourself up. Then there, there goes your depend, uh, your your dependency. So anytime you're sad, drugs make you happy. Whereas you know, if uh, you have drugs and it's a luxury, you don't need it to go to sleep, you don't need it to wake up, you don't need it to, you know. But it's like, hey, you know what? This is something I'm gonna do because even though I seek perfection, I know I'm not a perfect person. Right. You know, and this is my mid, you know, my my my, I don't know, mid afternoons, you know, gift myself break. <laughs> You know, or or if you go, I'll tell you another thing that drugs have done for me. They have opened a door for me to think outside the box. So when I am trying to break a cycle and I am trying to think of a way to get out of a situation, I have been enlightened and thought of ways and things that I would I don't think I would be able to think of sober. I agree with you there. Yeah. Now, I don't need that to continue. You know, once the door is open. When I'm sober or when I'm, you know, when I get up the next day or whatever, I can continue to go through that door and I can think outside the box. I just know that possibility is there now. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I don't feel like that I am, you know, addicted to now some drugs I am. You know what I mean? I'm not sitting here saying, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like and once again, my intentions are to get lit, you know, and, and stick my dick in some stuff that, you know, that that almost doesn't even matter, you know. And uh, under those circumstances, I think, yeah, that is abuse and that is uh, a jacked up situation. And that's when, you know, drugs get out of hand. But um, the creativity uh, to put together things, to take chances that I would normally wouldn't take. um, That's important. Taking chances is important. Yeah. Uh, I don't need drugs to take every chance. True. (laughs) You know? Uh, some not. some chances I think that you know wouldn't require drugs like, you know I wouldn't I don't I don't I wouldn't fly a plane under the influence. Well, <laughs> I don't know after watching Flight. Yeah. I'm like if Denzel can do this shit, you can too. I, I think I think I might relapse and have a couple of cocktails and uh, flip a plane upside down over a barn. We yeah. <laughs> I'd be in the seat next to you. Yeah. Um, my cat died. No. Yes, he got eaten. She got eaten by a pit bull in front of me. Oh my god! When I did know that happened? that happened three weeks ago. Wow. I was I was looking out my window and I saw this man in my yard and I, I go outside and I'm like, can I help you? He's like, do you have a great cat? And I was like, yeah. He's like, she's dead. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god. And I I ran around the house and I saw this pit bull sitting in a big pile of leaves. Beautiful pit too. Yeah. Beautiful. And um, I, I, I was running up to him, and he just reached into the, the leaf pile and picked my gypsy up oh. and ran off with her. And I tried to run it after, but obviously I cannot run as fast yeah. as a dog. Right. Um, but the whole, all the residents around really were amazing that day. Yeah. They 
found her. They put her in a box for me. Wouldn't let me look at her. She was my best friend for 10 years. Wow. Literally my best friend. Yeah. That cat and I were like this. Yeah. So we had a good 10-year run, but that was that was difficult. That was difficult. But, um, you know, we have a tradition in our family where we go and we adopt another pet right away when we mm. lose one. So I'm on my mission to find my next my next connection. Well, you know what I found out hmm. about pets is that they pick you. You don't pick the pet. Absolutely, she picked me. Yeah. Yeah. So so just just be ready to receive what comes your way. True that. And um, it'll be there for the right reason. I know that's the way I feel about Lando. And the crazy thing is, is that I think about, you know, life after him. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't help it. But, you know, there's times when, you know, we'll be on a walk and I won't have him on a leash. And... <laughs> And he'll take off after some deer. You know the trail behind. Yep. He'll take off after some deer, and he'll be gone, and I'll call him, and he won't come, and I'll just start to walk home. I'm like, man, fuck it. He's gone. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that, but I'm just like, I'm like, fuck it. And here's the thing, though. So I start walking home and shit. I remember one time I, wa- I-, I came home, and I mean, I just sat there, and I was like, you know, do I call somebody? I mean, I thought about calling my sister, and, and I was just like, Nah, fuck it. The least I can do is just go look for him. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, he can't be gone that far. So I go out the front door, and there he is. Yep. Hey, Dad. Yeah, like, hey, man, what's up? I'm like, how'd you get to the front door? Um, that's happened several times. He's been at the back door, you know, just waiting on me. He's just like me, and so it's kind of an unspoken rule that if we ever get separated, because we're not going to protect each other. You know, he's not the dog that's going to jump in front of a bear and, and, you know, fight for me. You never know that. No, I do know that. <laughs> because this is what we're going to do. We're going to take off running, and we're going to meet back at the house. <laughs> and both survive. And both survive. Yay. <laughs> He's like, man, shit, I don't know what you were thinking. Did you see that bear? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point, good point. Yeah. He's like, man, I've been living this good life. I know where home is. I know where I get fed. And you do, too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. So, so, yeah, we know to run. Um, with that being said, though, we were on that trail one time, a group of dogs, well, I say a group of dogs, it was two dogs, there's a white dog and a black dog, and they were running down the trail, you know, my only option was to run off into the woods, and I wasn't going to do that, you know, with ticks and thorns and shit, so I ran toward the dogs, and I started yelling at them, you know, it was just like, it, it was, it was just instinctive. And I was just like, no, no. And I mean, my voice was hurting. And Lando, he was behind me and because, you know, we turned around. So he was ahead of me when we were walking north. And then when we started facing south, he was already behind me. So I started running after him. And then he ran in front of me and he took off. And then they, they all three just took off in the woods. And I was just like, Lando, you're Lando. You know, just flipping out and everything. Aww. And so I stayed out there for that. And so then next thing I know, they come out in the field, and he's in the middle. And it was so cool because it was a white dog, a black dog, and a brown dog. <laughs> and they were like this little clique just running. The Rainbow you Tribe. Know. Yeah. You know, while they're running, he's cool because he's, he's, he's in the pack and everything. But as soon as they stop and he realized that they're dogs and that he's a dog and his dog shit might, you know or their dog shit might interfere with his dog life. He's like, fuck that. You I'm know on my way home to daddy. Yeah, and he's like, y'all need to get the fuck on. So, so yeah, he's a very spoiled dog. He's a very great dog. And uh, the fact that he is so much like me, uh, you will come across a cat that is in your point in life that uh, probably her, her, her kittens have been sex trafficked or something like that. <laughs> And so you'll have this understanding. <laughs> of what they're going through. Where, where's your kittens? You can't do that to they're, your kittens. They're on kitty porn. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, the love of an animal is the, I think, one of the best. Yeah. You know, it's unconditional. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, you know, the one thing that I really love about pets is... Uh, he taught me to live in the moment. I mean, when I sit here and I see him running that field and he is just so happy, he's not worried about bills. He's, he'll eat any anytime, you know, but he's not hungry. You know, he's running and he's hopping 
and you know you see the smile on his face and I just enjoy that moment he's playing yeah and I can't I can't capture it on the camera I can't video it you know it's just kind of like you know when people are flying in a plane and they're so excited and they take a picture outside the window nobody really cares <laughs> You're right, but they do. But it means so much to you, mm-hmm. and you're it, especially if it's your first flight. But when you see that picture, all you see is clouds. All you see is a wing. I mean, so so as as somebody, but but I understand. You know, I mean, I'm not dogging people who take the picture, but I'm just like, you know, that's for you. Yeah. You know, you can't capture your feeling in that moment in that picture, and um, so when people share it, it's just kind of like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's not a great view. As far as pictures go, it's not. I'm one of those people, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love taking pictures out of the plane. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I don't don't say that to anybody. (laughs) You know, I can say it on here because it's my podcast. But I just, you know, when I see those pictures, you know, I'm happy for that person. I'm glad they're traveling, but I don't care. Show me where you're going. Show me what, yeah, show me when you get there. Yep. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) If there's a mountain in the background, a, a bigger than the clouds, that's majestic, you know. But to see clouds in an airplane wing, I'm just kind of like, all right. Or what <laughs> if you were, like, flying with all the northern lights? That would be great picture. And then the feet pictures, too. I don't care for that. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good pair of feet. But, you know, when people are at the beach and they just show their feet and they show whatever's going on there, don't care. Uh, sometimes feet are ugly. <laughs> Don't care. Don't care. No. Mm-mm. So, yeah. Anyways, pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's been going on in your life lately? I am going to do a 90-day sex detox. Um, Starting when? Tomorrow. <laughs> it's it's kind of started already, mm-hmm. but uh, but it officially starts tomorrow. I, I did one January 26th, and... Um, it changed my life. Good. <laughs> it did. It, it fucking changed my life. I didn't. I didn't. Fi- I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't complete it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, I failed. I would say that I did 46 percent of it, and my life improved 46 <laughs> percent. I became. That's awesome. Yeah. You know. I mean. I. I became more aware of my my surroundings. I became more aware of my emotions. I realized that I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not, I feel like we all have a certain amount of emotions. We're all given a certain amount of energy, okay? And um, I feel like people who are labeled emotional, think of it like money. They just, they're, they're not good with money. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, shopping, you know, or, or, or any kind of addiction, it's, it's an emotional dependency. So, you know, it, it, I'm not sitting there saying, well, I think that there is a link between somebody's financial situation and their, and their addiction. Um, but, um, but I feel like I am emotionally efficient and that I use my emotions for my purpose. I don't sit here and say, Emotions are, are, I feel like they are there for a reason of survival and for remembering things that, so to help you not go through those events again, or to reward you to continue to do those events. So if you have good emotions towards something, then logically, I think, keep doing that so you can get that feeling again. And if something bad happens to you emotionally, then it's just kind of like, I like to get myself out of that situation and then attach an emotion to it so I don't go through that emotion or go through that feeling or go through that situation again. That's a very logical way of looking about emotions. It is. And it's not romantic and it's not, but I don't call people up. Because here's the thing is that um, I feel like that I personally have not gone through anything that has required me to freak the fuck out. You know, um, I think that, you know, a lot of people who I, I think of life like a, a basketball game. And while I'm on the court, I'm not fucking crying. I'm trying to win. And even though I hurt and even though I'm in pain and even though, you know, the score is tied or even though I'm losing, I'm not emotional. I'm still trying to play the game. 
I'll cry when I get the trophy and I'm a winner. And all that hard work and all that stuff will come out then. But see, emotions are actually a superpower because it's not about the crying. I mean, crying is part of certain emotions for some people. But to be able to manage your emotions is where the power is and still have them. Because you need them for so many reasons, not just to be able to assess pain or or assess your situation but um emotions help you develop empathy and yep and i agree are just so important um and i think emotions get a bad rap um we people that are overly emotional have a hard time managing it because there's not enough taught about how to manage your emotions right. and what to give your emotions to and not to. And so, so, that, so think it, about it like this. Bad for, rap. Think about this for, <laughs> for, from a financial <laughs> standpoint. It's like, you know, if you see somebody who is spending a lot of money, you know, it's just kind of like, what do people say? Money is the root of all evil, you know? And it's just kind of like, no, money's not. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying emotion is good or bad. Emotion is just like a drug. Emotions are, mm. are well, I'm saying as far as the, the, to define emotions, I don't give emotions a good rap. I don't give them a bad rap. They just exist. It's what our intentions are under the circumstances that determine if they're good or bad. I'll meet you there. Okay. So with that being said, it's just kind of like if you see somebody doing something with their emotions that warrants a red flag, then logically you need to do something about it. You cannot match their emotion. No. Because if you do, you have two crazy people. Oh, I'm sitting here holding these scissors. But <laughs> you have two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but no. And, but that's what people do. If, if I sit here and I start getting emotional and I start freaking out, then, you know, it, it attracts other emotional people who take it personal. And then they're like, why are you yelling at me? And da 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 and so well, whereas, let's come full circle to the people that you said you leave behind because they're not at your level. When you've got people that are at your level, they're going to understand what you're going through and they're going to be able to kind of pull you back from it. Well, and not join your crazy. And here's the thing is that I don't even think it's worth leaving anybody for. I think that uh, once again, emotion is a type of energy and I think that it's needed. It's just misdirected. So when somebody takes something personal, it's just kind of like. <laughs> Once again, you know, it's not always about you. It's not. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the energy is good, but it's just misdirected. And here's the other thing too. I am 45 years old. I bringing it down again. Drugs opened up my emotion. I started crying uh, when I had a cocaine habit, and and I still cry. You know, I mean, I've embraced it now. And so anyway, so that's one Crying thing. is a very cleansing thing. It's a very cleansing thing. Yeah, I mean, I've cried at work. Work has been so hard. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going out to my car. I'm setting my alarm for 12 minutes, and I'm fucking crying. Can I get a little deep with crying Yeah, go ahead. on this? Because mm-hmm. I feel like a person that can cry, what they're doing is they're taking that negative or whatever that energy is that's making them feel that way, and they are putting it outside of their body. Because once it's inside and we swallow it, it turns into disease. Ooh, yeah. So it's so important for us to expel that energy. Um, and you know the fact that we teach men that they are not supposed to cry, that we shame people for crying, um, is to me just asinine. Another thing about crying is... Appropriate crying, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> another, yeah, and another thing about crying is that, that too, is being in the moment. Correct. The problem, once again, is, is you know, if uh, you cry over the same thing every single time, you know, you're not learning to get out of the situation. That's their that, that becomes... Oh, it, it's, it's definitely their choice. I'm talking about me. Oh. If I find myself crying about the same thing... Over and over again. Red flag. What is the lesson that I need to learn here? Correct. Because I don't enjoy crying. I don't enjoy it. I mean, it's necessary, but it's just kind of like that's. It's kind of like you know, taking a pill and swallowing it. So when I'm crying, I am in the moment. I am accepting the situation that I'm in. But if I cry over the same thing, I'm tolerating it. Mm. So yeah, right. to each his own. But I don't want to be in that world. No, I agree with you. I'll find other things to cry about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yes. I'm trying 
other things. I'm, I'm, I'm making other mistakes. I'm, I'm doing a lot of firsts. At 45 years old, it is such a pleasure to still find firsts. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting so much happier as I'm getting older. Yeah. My whole life is opening up. My world is opening up. Definitely. I am an emotional person, but there just isn't things that warrant the type of emotion. Oh, and the other thing that I was going to say is I like being around emotional people because I like seeing the joy through their eyes. Um, I like seeing I am such a logical person that I can actually live vicariously through somebody else's uh, joy and pain without being attached to them. That's interesting. I like that. I like it. I love it. I love it. And um, it's kind of sad for the person who's emotional because they want to share that happiness and that pain with me. But I think you're honest about who you are. Yeah. So, you know. But I mean, I'm just saying for an emotional person that so I can be with an emotional person, but an emotional person can't really be with me. Ooh. Yeah. But at least you know that. Maybe. Oh, you... yeah. And I don't want to be with a logical person because two logical people are just boring as fuck because mm. you're over analyzing shit. And so I need somebody emotional to just say, hey, Dwight, why don't you just enjoy this moment? Yeah. You know what? Hey, you know what? Why don't I just leave you alone for a minute so you can have a good cry? Somebody who's just so self-aware that understands that what I need to tap into my emotions instead of overthinking shit. Well, it's nice to know people know what we need. Yeah. And give it to us. Even if you don't want it? Yeah. Hmm. Even if you don't want it. Hmm. <laughs> 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 hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good friend. So anyways, I failed on my 90 days. Uh, I met a couple of people who wanted to break me of my 90 days. And I met some people who wanted to be my first after. They, they were like, 91 days, I got it on my calendar. I want all that nut, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's been crazy when I got out of it because, you know, people, people thought that, you know, they're like, oh, so after your 90 days, you know. And it's like, no, man, to me, that's walking through the line of fire. You know, I'm coming out a different person. It's not like I do 90 days and I go back to the Dwight that I was, you know. I do 90 days and I evolve, you know. To what? Because Find something more meaningful? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Amen. Because I'm not applying. That's, that's 90 days of not applying time and energy towards busting a nut, you know. Um, I'm finishing books. I'm editing my podcast. Uh, you know, I'm working on this children's book. I'm trying to develop merch. Uh, my ideas and my creativity go through the roof because I'm not sitting here doing a bid. You know, I'm not, I'm not trapped in a cell. I have the freedom to create and to develop. Not to say that you can't do that while you're in jail. But what I'm saying is to have the access to do that. I mean, I'm going to Africa uh, next summer. All this stuff that actually requires time and energy that even even you know five minutes of just masturbating can take away because it's not just five minutes it's the setting it up it's the time that you're spending searching the recovery afterwards because you know once again i can't say it enough i am 45 years old after i get a nut you know <laughs> i'm a good looking in shape 45 yeah. but yeah so i don't need a nap but I am sluggish, you know, because it's like, man, fuck that. You know, I, I'm relaxing. Right. You know? You should be relaxing after yeah. that. <laughs> but it's grind time. You know, I'm grinding for, for you know, to build an empire and to sit here and say that, you know, I'm going to spend, you know, five minutes. Like I said, it's not five minutes. It, it takes a lot more. It takes a bigger toll on you than you realize. And I need all, I need all my testosterone, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to build an empire. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, I was going to do it January 26th, uh, you know, a year, you know, just to come full circle. But then I got to thinking and I was like, well, the sooner I do it, the sooner I get it over with. <laughs> that's, um, a, that's a good way of thinking about anytime it. Anytime that I do something that requires time, like months of time, I always include February because it's the shortest you know, month. <laughs> that I, day makes I'm a difference. Like, I'm like, that counts. That fucking counts. You know, I'm Leap not going to do anything, you know, with, with 30 days, 31 days, 31 days. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. You know, if I say three months, then I'm picking, you know, January, February, March. Maybe you should go on lots of dates. 
Like just have you. like just do have less experiences in those three months. Absolutely not. No, I'm building. I got a plan. I'm I'm building an empire, man. I'm telling you. I mean, it's just kind of like now, you know, if you mean by dates, you know, like spending time with people that you enjoy yeah, their company yeah. and having fun while you're grinding. And that's actually going to help me build. It is. I mean, that's the thing. If, if if they have stuff to contribute, then then that's what that's what I that's what they can do. That's the time that I spend with them. Um, the people that the people that, you know, want to do a podcast with me, man, open door invitation. You know, just bring it. Why well, I got something to say? This is the funny thing: is that as soon as we get done with this, you're gonna just be like, "Oh, da, 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 da. I mean, I'm sure." It opens <laughs> up communication so much, and even from the point of where we first started to where we are now, it's just different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was wondering for a while there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was going through things, and I was like, I don't even know if I can open up to people anymore. Yeah. But. It's getting easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's, it's that's the thing. It's like the, the more open you are, you're either going to get rid of the people or you're going to get rid of the people that you don't need and you're going to attract the people that you do. Absolutely. So that's why I'm always open and honest. People don't want to love you. People just want attention. People ain't really humble. So when people seeing you struggle, the people closest to you, the people leading the chuckles and I'm out of here. Like I'm buried When's the last time you shaved your pussy? Since before you told <laughs> no, me. The, the, the time you, you told serious? me not to. It's, it is not shaved at all. Total, totally pussy hair freedom. Love it. So why? You love it? I do. So you were going through all this shaving just because you thought that that's what somebody wanted. Well, yeah. And um, actually, now that that's been kind of exposed to me, uh-huh. I've realized that we're not doing our coochie any good by shaving. Uh-huh. And that um, most adult men don't like us to look like little babies down there. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. I think porn has really fucked yeah. women up forever. Yeah. 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 Because um, that's all you see in porn. Right. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, uh, but I know personally for me that, because um, I mean, honestly, it's just like, whatever you want to do with your pussy is yours. Right. You know what I mean? If you want to shave it, shave it. You want to wax it, laser it, whatever. <laughs> it's your body, it's your choice. Right. You know? There. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but I think that most men like it bald because of porn. I don't think it has to do with pedophilia for the simple fact that a pedophile wants to be with a little girl. And actually, it, let me... It, yeah, uh, I shouldn't have... Ram- I no, 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 because people think that. No, people okay. think that. They associate that. And and in all honesty, I don't think that there's anything wrong with role-playing. No. Um, you know, when you get a girl, you know, with pigtails and, you know, the schoolgirl outfit. Awesome. And, you know, all that shit. Because you know you're dealing with a woman. As soon as, you know, like, somebody starts reciting the R. Kelly transcript... <laughs> You know you got a problem. <laughs> or no, not as soon. Maybe a little bit before then. Maybe a little bit before <laughs> yeah, that. I'm sure there's red flags. There's red flags. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know, in, in all honesty, I think that you know to associate bald hair with pedophilia, I think that that is a common misconception. It is. I agree. And I think that you know it's just whatever somebody prefers, um, because for and some sometimes people, it's cleaner too. I mean, when you're especially when you're. Having a period, you just don't want all that stuff going down there. So, yeah. yeah. No, no. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> but um, no, I'm I'm glad that you know you you uh, accept you know my candidness uh, because I enjoy it. Sometimes I feel like you know there are direct approaches to certain things. But I honestly believe that most things are indirectly. Like, reactions that you get from somebody. I could go in there and just miss the boat on something completely. And as long as they don't take it as a direct personal attack, we'll be cool. Because I'll make up for it. You know what I mean? Because there's things that's just based on my ignorance that I just say. And sometimes, you know, I overanalyze things. And so when they come out, you know, people are hurt by, by what I say. But... 
I literally think that it's because I don't understand. And so when I break people down to what they're saying, they feel like they're under a microscope. But that is just me, you know, trying to understand what you're trying to tell me. Right. And the funny thing is, is like when I do break it down, they're breaking it down too. And they're like, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. So just, you know, just hang in there. You got anything else? No. What do you think? I think this is awesome. This is an awesome experience. <laughs> I really have enjoyed talking to you in this in this amazing booth. People think it's an interview. People think it, that, that I'm going to bring them in here and I'm just going to stir their shit up and just, you know, just do this thing. But I'm like, we we always have awesome conversations. And that's all this is. It's 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 a journey of because you're an expert on you. Yes. And you're an expert on on, you know, I mean, on finding out who you are. And to put yourself in a situation that you've never been in is a great way. I would agree there. Yeah. So it's just kind of, you know, because, I mean, I still, you know, I still don't know what I'm doing. You know. But and isn't that part of the awesomeness of it? I love it. <laughs> Me too. I love it. I love the uncertainty. Let me ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. If you had a time machine and you couldn't change anything, uh, but you had a choice to go to the future or you go to the past, I, if I, only those two things. Well, what do you mean? What, what do you Could mean? I just stay here? <laughs> well, I mean, you're in a time machine. Why okay, would I would know? go. I would go to the future. Because yeah. I've already been to the past. Yeah. It's kind of funny because uh, you have two types of people, and you know you got those people who, and I and I I'm gonna go ahead and generalize, but you have those people who want to make America great again and they get nostalgia about the past. But it's all lies. They, they don't they don't think about how the <laughs> pa- well the past is good for people because you survive. Right. So you say the good old days. But you know, you know when you were a kid and you got in trouble, you got caught something, you thought it was the end of the fucking world. You thought it was over. So now that you can look back at it, you're like, oh that was a oh that was nothing and that was, you know, blah blah blah. And then also, you know, the far as far as past goes for certain individuals, it never was good. Right. Um, so you have the other people who look towards the future because they're like, I would rather go towards uncertainty than to go through what I've been through. Because, you know, in all honesty, I wouldn't want to be my daughter's age during this time. And I definitely wouldn't want to be in high school during this time. But I've, I've, I've had really great experiences. I've had really bad. And I wouldn't go back to any of them because they've all been had. And I definitely wouldn't change any of them. No, me either. So, not that you could in the time machine. I'm not saying that. Right. But. But some people would try. I, yeah. <laughs> but it, uh, I would I would go to the future, too. And I feel like, you know, because people are like, people, once again, they, they the, you know, certain people, they're like, yeah, man, you know, I want to see my great-grandparents and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I want to see my great-grandchildren. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, I want to see what the future, you know, and people are like. They base the future on what they feel right now. Yeah. And so if your life is fucked up, you're going to see the future as being fucked up. And so I think it's really reflective. Are you, though? Because some people's glass is half full instead of half empty. I mean, even though my life sometimes is fucked up, I'll still look at the future as going, that could be possibly great. You know? like. But your life's not fucked up. You're 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 Good life. Point. You're, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like wait. A minute. <laughs> I guess not. If, if, I guess it's all the way you perceive it, though. Yeah. Now, now, now. Here's the thing. You, you know, your current situation may not be what you want it to be. But it's not fucked up. But it's not fucked up. You're no. not in prison. No. No, absolutely not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if somebody told you you got 25 with an L, how you see your future? Not so bright. Not so bright. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Point taken. But as long as you have room for hope then people look forward to the future. Yeah. As soon as you give up hope or as soon as you stop living, you start thinking about the past, you know? And and like I said, because you survived the past, oh, the past is so good. You can, matter of fact, you can recreate the past and make it seem like it wasn't as bad as it was. But until you actually go back and go back to that feeling, if you go back to, you know, because I mean, it's like, all right, for example, I think about my past and when I used to get drunk, well, when I think about it, I think about, you know, me grabbing titties and, you know, me dancing and all this other shit. But no, go back to the police. Go back to the jail. Go back to the hospital. You skip all that shit when you think about the past. True. But let's let's get specific, you know. 
And whereas the future, you know, I would always welcome uncertainty over guaranteed uh, uh, addiction cycle. <laughs> you know, for real. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's all I got. Thank you so much for having me. So welcome. This is Dwight. And Kat. This is one mic. Peace. That was over an hour. It felt like it went fast. <laughs> <laughs>